0: Callahan, thanks for joining me and us in the studio this afternoon
1: thanks for having me i'm excited
0: yeah for sure um, so kelsey is a ux designer brand strategist and ceo of an e-commerce startup and she's worked for um, big companies like uber and the legendary smart design she had clients like nike and toyota and paypal so um, pretty, pretty rich history, and we'll learn more about that through the 20 questions format. So this is 20 questions on Design Lake City. And what we do is we simply ask 20 questions. They're kind of randomized. Kelsey's seen some of these questions before I let her, I let her kind of peek at some and think about, think about some answers. And um, uh, then I've random, randomized them. So there's a little element of surprise. Um, so are you ready for 20 questions? I'm ready. <laughs> First few questions are rapid fire questions. So, number one, what gets you up in the morning? Endorphins.
1: I love working out or that uh, feeling of working out. So, it, the uh, knowing that there will be endorphins after I exercise is primarily what motivates me.
0: Oh, I like that. I, I've just become like a morning workout person too. And I didn't It changes think it was like, your life. <laughs> yeah, like your body gets used to those endorphins. Okay, so uh, number two. What's a design trend you hope dies in the year 2020?
1: Over-minimalization. So I notice too many, a lot of what I do is in UX, UI, and too many brands are going towards like straight iconography. And even someone like myself who uses a lot of apps, who's fairly tax savvy, I think in some cases they over-rely on icons and think that they can communicate. And I think about uh, that's not always good for accessibility too, like people who may not as familiar so i think Mm. we kind of maybe have gone too minimal that's more Mm -hmm. ui and rely too much on icons and there's always a time and a place for icons but i think in some cases it's better to just have text or a clear button
0: Mm, that's interesting um what is your favorite design oriented brand or one of your favorites um something new
1: i like to look at brands who i think are doing a really good job of doing lifestyle brand Uh, you know it's taking it beyond and really looking at the future. So I know they're overused, but I think Airbnb is very interesting in how Mm. they really wanted to be almost like a place from, they want to create experiences. And they realize that that goes beyond just staying. It's in what you do when you get somewhere. It's in the Mm. people you meet. It's in more of that immersive culture. And I think that they've done an interesting job of transitioning from just, oh, this is an alternative to a a hotel to a travel experience.
0: Mm. I like that answer, like a brand you might know, but you, mm-hmm. you don't know as much as you probably should
1: yeah. about their operations
0: and just kind of how they're... Their... And
1: one of their co-founders is a designer. And I think that that mm. shows and they have like a really nice design system and mm. entire customer journey is really well done.
0: So. Mm. Good one. Question number four is um, always the same question. It's about your background. It's kind of the getting to know you mm-hmm. section. So we call it, you know, the origin story or your background experience. Um so the question is how did you get your start you know what was uh, what, what what was your early schooling and training and you know some of your early work
1: So I went to school in Southern California at a small liberal arts college University of Redlands and I got into design there primarily because it was almost like a creative uh, artistic thing that you could monetize if you could put it that way you know mm-hmm. it's almost like using creativity in a way that aligns with also my analytical side of my brain and so that always appealed to me at the time i studied graphic design but then i got there and i realized i was also really intrigued by business right and so i decided to double major just so i could also go and explore business oh that's cool i didn't know yeah yeah so that kind of i learned more about like investment when i was doing business um more about you know globalization different pieces and even the marketing side that I don't think they had as much in graphic design. And there really was not as much even UX, UI or web design. So after Mm -hmm. school, I knew I wanted to be in the Bay Area really just to develop and grow in my career. So I applied for jobs in that area. I knew I wasn't ready to come back to Utah, but I love it, but I wasn't ready. And so I ended up getting a job in Palo Alto. And I actually think that was really lucky because that's sort of the origin of um, human computer interaction or what we now think and talk about as user experience design and so I was very much I'd say trained on the job and then had the ability to sort of move up through working with different agencies and then eventually at um, a startup Uber at the time and got that full experience of like agency design, um, in-house product design on a product. And I think agencies teach you to learn really fast because you almost have to become a mini expert on something every one to three months, depending on the duration of a project. You have to get really empathetic and understand the industry. So yeah, I think it's been good. I'm just a curious person. And so Mm. I like things that move and introduce novelty. And I think design does that because you get to learn about a lot of different things and people.
0: (laughs) Mm, Great answer. All right. So this next section is um, what I'm now calling the personal stasis section. Okay. So we just want to know a little bit about uh, more about you and kind of how you handle your work and career. Um, so the first question is a pretty, you know, pretty straightforward question. Um, I want you to talk about uh, one of your favorite projects that you worked on.
1: I would probably say. And I wouldn't have thought this would have been my answer a few years ago because I talked about that novelty, and I am a person who's driven by novelty. And so I've found that sometimes I'd get burned out by the end of a project when it gets into the details. That's just kind of how my brain is. I'm a little bit more of that high-level strategy type of a person. But I started a company with my fiancé called Durai Home, and it's been very much... a Uh, involved in Klugonics, that's where I think a lot of the product design language has been born from and the innovation. Mm. But I've had the opportunity to work with super talented designers who are executing the brand on that side from a product design standpoint. And I'm really getting the chance to actually fully build out a lifestyle brand, which I think is something that I admire in companies. But a lot of times when I would advise like strategies, I'll give you an example, like Mm -hmm. I, I would tell any new company now, I think that they should focus on direct-to-consumer and on creating a really nice, compelling, high-end customer experience and really not worry about retail. I mean, there's going to be a hmm. couple exceptions, but we did have an opportunity from Bed Bath & Beyond early on where they'd say, okay, we want to carry it. And that would have probably changed our whole trajectory, but I was pretty – and Jason and I even had to kind of talk back and forth because I don't think at first he, he was in alignment. But I really yeah. was a little adamant about being like, let's be – Direct to consumer. So I think that that gives me this opportunity to not only pursue a brand strategy, so that's the creative positioning, how it's perceived in consumers' mind, as well as building a bigger lifestyle around it. Like we talk about non toxic living, we talk about mm-hmm. um, sustainability, about not generating more waste, about reducing, about creating lower stress in our lives. So things that I think really do go broader than just a bath mat or a dish rack, those are two of the products that we are selling or pre-selling. And yeah, I think that's been probably my favorite as well as there's novelty because there's so much to be done. Like every week I'm basically trying to develop a new customer touch point and customer touch points are evolving. Like today I'm spending my time learning to optimize our Pinterest campaigns Uh. and then tomorrow I'll revisit Facebook. And then yesterday I worked on scheduling our email newsletter the day before I wrote our blog. So it's like every day I'm trying to, oh, I also need to do our packaging, right? So it's like every day is a new creative exercise. But I think that my brain kind of likes that. And I think yeah. that's how you build a consistent brand is by having someone who is involved across all customer
0: touch points. Mm, and never boring, it sounds like. No,
1: no, and <laughs> never a shortage of things to do. A shortage of hours, but never a shortage of things.
0: Yeah, awesome. Um, so definitely on the website, I want to, um, give you a spot to, um, put some links and some photos and we can cool. link so, to some of these brands you've been talking about and, and DRI, you know, full disclosure, uh, Kelsey and I work on Durai together. So a, a little plug for our, mm-hmm. our, 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 big, our Yeah. <laughs> um, and we can, we can post some links there. Um, okay. Question six, do you get nervous with work and how do you deal with it?
1: So, I did read this and I would change nervous to anxious. I'm not a nervous person, I'd say. I know people do get, I don't get nervous. I think I get anticipatory anxiety about kind of what I talked about, the volume of things to be done. I'm not like a, I don't necessarily get nervous in front of like pitching people. We pitch investors. I talk in front of groups. I teach UX. And I think when I was younger, I used to get more like, I guess you'd say nervous, but I've sort of switched. And this is a lot of bringing my racing, which is my hobby outside. I kind of perceive that as um, my body is excited. And if you just trick yourself to say, I'm not nervous, I'm excited, which means that I care enough about this, that Mm. I'm releasing a hormone that's making me feel excitement. Because they're actually, if you look at studies, nervousness and excitement or even anxiety and excitement are the same chemical reaction in your body. It's just how your brain perceives it. Mm. And so I think about it more as like that's more of that, okay, I'm excited about something, which means I care enough for my body to release a chemical. And that's just me being a super like nerdy computer type of person, but I do get anxious. And so I, that's one of the reasons I really do prioritize. Like I mentioned, starting my day with working out Mm -hmm. because it helps me basically release that extra energy. Anxiety is sort of just extra energy trapped in your body that doesn't have a place to go. Mm -hmm. And so if I exercise in the morning. I find that I come back, I'm a lot less um, of that jittery. I'm a lot more patient and um, that what I'd say like my washing machine brain kind of feels a little more folded like it's laundry. Um, And yeah, I'd say the, I'm also, I do time block. That's a huge like thing that I need to do. And I I set boundaries. So I'm Hmm. very, like people ask for morning meetings or doing morning things and I'm pretty strict about keeping my mornings for my work time. And so I block Mm -hmm. them off on my calendar and I will start each day in my notebook with my at least three tasks that I'm gonna get done today. And then below that I draw a line and I write extra things that are great if they get done but I need to commit to getting these three done. And then those three also live on my calendar. So it's not just like, oh, I'll get them done. It's from nine to 10 a.m. I'm doing this, from 10 to 11, I'm doing this. And then from 11 to 12, I'm doing this. I take a break usually around like one or two for lunch. And then I, ty- I kind of do, I'd say more low level thinking, things in the afternoon. My brain just isn't as sharp in the afternoon. Hmm. And so I'll do secondary stuff like answer emails, give feedback, make Pinterest graphics, our yeah. social media. So I I'm really, I'm into structuring. And I think that sense of control, I'm a control person for sure. So that mm. sense of control is how I combat anxiety, but I don't do very well when I'm not in control.
0: <laughs> I like that a lot of uh, uh, about thinking, you know, thinking differently your morning and your your afternoon, mm-hmm. and like how your brain is going to be working differently. Sometimes yeah. I think like what I can do after I've had a beer or two, you know, and before, <laughs> yeah. and like, it's going to uh-huh. be different. Like I'm not going to draw a straight as straight of a yeah. line, you know.
1: Uh huh.
0: Um, I, so I had a professor. Think, you know, your first comment. I had a professor in school talk about, yeah, if if you get anxious in a presentation, you know, use that energy. And mm-hmm. I, I always think about that. I think that's brilliant to kind of like, Psh! it's like redirect yeah, you you your brain.
1: Like you, mm-hmm. life is all your perception. And so it's like, you can be negative, you can be positive, you can be anxious, you can be excited. And the same thing is yeah. like, you know, pre-race nerves. It's, it's excitement that you
0: want to do well. <laughs> I think this next question is a good, a good um, transition. It, it, this is a good question. So um, what's something you've learned the hard way that you'd like to share or like help other listeners avoid particularly Mm -hmm. designers
1: um yeah life or work or both
0: um maybe both but work work if you can
1: so work i would say especially i learned this first off i did i would encourage people if they want to go out on their own and do freelance to feel empowered to do that because there's never a shortage of being able to get clients if you put the work in and if you put yourself out there so i would encourage people to take that leap. But one thing in my starting my own small, you know, freelance company, I did learn in some cases how projects cannot be set up for success and things that I will no longer do. And that's when you don't have clear alignment on objectives. So there's typically not a phase at the beginning that's dedicated to what I'd say either like discovery or huh. research, where you're basically saying, Are we aligned on objectives? Is the landscape and the audience. Um, you know, are we aligned on what we're seeing there? And what is the role? I think sometimes at companies that are maybe rapidly growing, one person may think, hey, we need brand help or digital strategy help, two things that I do, and I'll be brought in. But then maybe the CEO or someone else isn't really on that boat or on that same like, oh, we needed this help. So then you're almost having to sell yourself in. And I Mm. think a lot of times people turn to me to be like, can you help save us i've seen that you've done this and so i will no longer do a project if i have to sell myself i don't i don't Mm -hmm. believe it and even jason and i are funny because jason would be like you could sell harder and i don't i don't hard sell if someone wants my services then we have alignment and Uh they see the value of my services i don't believe in uh having to convince someone that doesn't lead to success
0: you want the work to do the talking yep
1: Mm -hmm. the work to do the talking and for them to let's all let our egos go at the door Mm. and like, let's not try to, I don't like when someone has to, um, you're almost set up in a company to have to prove yourself instead of like, Hey, we're all bought in. Let's both help each other get to the best end result.
0: Mm. Okay. Question eight. What is your most valuable design skill um, or which, which of your skills has had the biggest impact on your career so far?
1: So I would say, as I think about it, I have the ability to identify disparate pieces of information and apply them to either an industry or a trend. So that's always been, I think, why I've been pretty strong at strategy and even branding is being able to see what's happening in either like on the horizon in a different industry and apply it to an industry or trends. Basically being able to identify micro or macro trends Mm -hmm. and apply them to where a company is now. So I know it's not as specific as like, oh, I'm really good at going in Illustrator and making a certain kind of logo. But it's like, even in Durai, it's like, okay, I can identify. That could have gone a lot of ways. That could have been a Kickstarter product without any sort of lifestyle brand to it, without any non-toxic, chemical-free lifestyle, but then if I look at what's happening in the landscape and people's desire to go to less, people's desire to waste less, people's realization that toxins impact your hormones, like there's a variety Mm -hmm. of things that I think I'm able to take pieces of data and organize them in a way that is consumer friendly, Mm That's what I would say.
0: I like that. Yeah, making connections, um, Mm -hmm. synergies. (laughs) so we're we're almost at the halfway point okay <laughs> uh a few more rapid fire questions yep. so go back go back to the rapid fire list um what's your favorite drink kombucha <laughs> and kombucha.
1: It's, i sometimes now i get it on sale at costco so i don't feel as indulgent but i love kombucha and there's a bit of guilt sometimes when i'm spending like four dollars on something and i know that i don't actually drink a lot of alcohol i used to but i just I just find it like doesn't. It's not. I don't have anything against it. It just doesn't do it for me. And so yeah, kombucha.
0: I'm I'm embarrassed. I have to ask like this follow up, but like, what is kombucha? (laughs) It's like a
1: fermented tea, and so you basically take what is like um. It's almost like a vinegary tea. You'd have like it's got a little bit of that like um probiotics, natural probiotics that ferments from the scoby or the mother that creates it and then they bottle it. So it's like, you know, it's just maybe one percent alcoholic, but has that same uh-huh. fermentation, but that's because it's live bacteria. And so it kind of like is a little sweet, but it's not like soda and it kind of feels
0: good on your stomach. Okay. I mean now that you described it, I actually want some. I'm gonna yeah. like
1: now uh-huh. I wanna try it.
0: I just always thought it sounded weird,
1: but no, it's like and it's good for you. It's like yeah. a good for you drink that's yeah, taste tasty. It's a little vinegary so it's not for everyone.
0: I'm, I'm sold. Okay. Um Let's see, how, uh, excuse me, what do you wish you were better at? Like, what talent do you wish you had?
1: Um, I, it's going to be funny. I would because I, I know everything is relative, but part of me wishes I was a faster runner, because I feel like I could be, like, I'm sort of on the cusp of, like, oh, I'm competitive in some things, but in a lot of bigger things, I'm not at all competitive. And I think that I just am so infatuated and I love running and i love the athlete lifestyle that like there's a big part of me that wishes i could be like a professional athlete i don't have that genetic ability nor do i train Mm -hmm. that way but yeah Mm -hmm. i kind of wish that i did have that genetic ability
0: but you but you participate like you (laughs) i do i do participate and it is
1: i'd say that i prioritize it in my life like i Mm -hmm. invest in it i block it out i treat Mm -hmm. it i schedule it the same way i would a meeting
0: (laughs) okay this is a funky question bear with me which activity would you turn into an olympic sport for which you would win the gold.
1: Oh, okay. See, I misinterpreted this, but, um, hmm. Maybe, I mean, I almost feel like I'd have to ask Jason if this. I feel like, in some ways, I'm a bit of like, I do such a variety of things that um, I, ooh, sorry, I don't interrupted fire. Um, you're fine. You're I fine. would probably say, I mean, I'm a little bit, probably being like very, I, I'm structured. I love... in the, When I read this, I think I was thinking like current Olympic things, which I love steeplechase, which yeah. is a combo of like hurdles, water pits, and a 3K. And so yeah. I wish I could run the steeplechase. I'm kind of fascinated by it. But current things, gosh, I feel like I haven't really... I don't do as many hobbies as I should because yeah. I'm so busy with yeah. all our other stuff that it's not like I... I used to be a lot more, like, crafty. Like, I'd make crafts or paint, and now I'm just like, can we just watch a show and let our brains decompress? Totally.
0: (laughs) The the third section is uh, about creative process, and um, we want to know more about your creative process and kind of your practice, your professional practice in design. And so question 12... Is the inspiration question which is basically where where do you find inspiration like from who? Where from where and how?
1: um, i'd say it depends on The objective that i'm looking at, uh, if it's something like Branding i'm gonna look at core research about you know What the company's founders and those pieces and then try to go. I use dribble a lot. I use pinterest a lot Uh I use behance so I think A lot of, I, because so much of my design is basically almost all digital that I mostly keep it digital. I have even a few books, but I find like that I just am such like our brains are that instant gratification that I'd rather Google something and see the variety of things. And then I do a lot of times, actually most all times I start on pen and paper. Um, Even if I'm just wireframing like an e-commerce site, I'll usually like sketch out the structure on pen and paper, I UX on pen and paper, and then I'll bring it into digital.
0: Mm. Cool. Um, so how, how do you get critical feedback for your design? Like uh, right now you kind of, uh, act, you, you, you run a company, but you also work as a freelancer. And so that must be a little bit difficult to like, get, you know, critical feedback. So how, do, yeah, how do you approach, um, getting some design review on some of your work?
1: It's definitely hard. I think I would say I am not the example to follow right now because I'm basically like trying to do as much as what I humanly can within a within a reasonable, I'm all about like, uh, like I mentioned, not. I don't think you should work for all of your life, so I don't. Yeah. I think that I do cut it off, but uh, in order, sometimes I think right now f- to get things done, and because I work alone, I and I, probably from just you know ten years of doing not only logo design, UX design, I feel pretty good about a lot of things being able to like follow a pattern or follow a way and take that, but i think you know i always hear client feedback and if i was when i was working with in an agency i would always schedule a review because i'm such a control person mm. i would schedule a review 24 hours before and i still sort of do that You're, like you'll notice yeah. i sent a doc yesterday 24 hours before so like okay, yeah. 24 That's hours great. before well, i like i said <laughs> i set a deadline for myself and say this is when it needs to be done and then i try to, if I was at an agency, I'd do an internal review. But I just found kind of later in the years that I wasn't actually getting like feedback. Like either people wouldn't take the time to open it or it wouldn't be too detached from their industry. I had a few good managers who would spend the time and give me feedback. But I think because I tend to be a pretty like driven person, a lot of people sort of put trust in me that like I'm just going to get it done and they prefer Mm. to just let me handle it. And that yeah. kind of has its cons. But um yeah, at an agency, I would like to do a meeting 24 hours before. And I like to ask people more. I think feedback is too general. If you're like, what are your thoughts? I like to be very specific. Like, huh. this is what I'm trying to solve. This is the objective I'm trying to do. Do you think this does X effectively? Or yeah. this is the options I'm weighing between A or B. These are the pros and cons. And I'll actually outline them and then say, what do you guys think? So I like to be set the parameters. Otherwise, I think critique is too subjective.
0: Mm, that's good. So do you have advice for working with clients? Like how, how do you educate your clients or, per, you know, persuade your clients the value of good design?
1: Yeah, that's, that's tricky. Um I think that if you can make something relatable for someone, that's going to be so much more compelling. So even we just had an example, a uh, client meeting today and like, I realized that I kind of rushed into logo development before sort of having them. We did like mood boards and feedback, but we're working on a really tight timeline like most things, yeah, right? like um, always. Like always. And so I think I sort of stepped back and I said to them, why don't you guys identify some of the brands and logos that you love around your home and in life and send me those because it's a home product, and so I want them to see. I think that sometimes... We can be a little bit disillusioned in what we think we want versus what actually is going to be better for the consumer. And so I think making something relatable, so understanding a product or a thing that someone uses in their life, I love to use analogies. So I like to pull in other, even if they're not in the industry, other brands and demonstrate what they're doing well. So it's graspable for someone, they can kind of say, okay, I can relate to it. And then I think going back to what I mentioned earlier, like discovery. and so having that meeting with a client where you're basically the whole first one to two weeks is both of you getting aligned on what the objective is, what the current state is and where you wanna go. And then the the project is kind of getting them to there, but you need to have that alignment of like, hey, are we all on the same page of where we are now, where we wanna be and the major things that need to happen. And so that's what I think helps Getting everyone on that same page kind yeah. of, at least in my experience, it it takes away from design being like artsy or to like, oh, it's just a bunch of like creative, like, you know, little fluffy things over there. And yeah. it kind of puts some brass tacks on it as like, this is the impact design has. This is the data that we're going to work towards and how we can impact your business goals, your KPIs. So
0: doing mm-hmm. that. We're at question 15. Okay. Can you believe it? Um... How so? How do your values show up in in your work, in the work you're doing, kind of these days?
1: I think I'm very. Um, I'm not good at. Am I, Can I swear on this? Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not good at half-assing things, and yeah. I think that's just in life in general. Like I'm not. A, I'm a. I like to commit to something, and I like to make people. I like to make people feel like they invested their money well. I don't want people to be disappointed. And so I think that one of my values is like I show up regardless of what it is. Even if I don't love the project, even uh-huh. if I'm burnt out, I will always show up and I'm going to give it the best that I can. So I think that's one of my own just like driven values in life to show up to whatever you're doing and be be there and give it the best you can because otherwise it's like you're just depriving yourself, you're depriving the client or the other Person. And then I think some of my other values are I very much believe in like um, having something for yourself or having something outside of work. I don't think work should ever be all consuming. So for me, that's running or sports. I also love like nutrition. I love uh, like following professional athletes. I love watching and learning about them. And so it's, and even just that whole lifestyle. And so I think like that occupies a lot of my space. And I, like I mentioned, I make time for that. I don't let work take away from that so i think part of my values and then you see like i bring my lunch every day i do think like i'm also i believe in like treating your body really well and so that enables me to be my best designer my best runner my best fiance so i kind of try to let let those life values influence things
0: that's cool um so do you have a favorite design tool like a like physical like pens and paper or or digital like some kind of software Do you have a a favorite that that you'd like to kind of advocate for or like to share with the audience?
1: I think always starting on pen and paper is good. But if I'm going to go like digital, I think Sketch is awesome. And it's not new, but it's... I think I love what they did to like the Adobe market, if I'm being candid. And I still use Adobe products every day. But um, like I think that Adobe was a little bit of this like complacent giant. And it wasn't super Mm user-friendly. Yes, at the time they were super innovative. But then they got... A little complacent. there. like, everyone's bought into our suite. And then Sketch came out and was like, pay $99 and you can have us for life. And yeah. also like, we're really intuitive and user friendly. And also we are kind of designed around digital first and we're really good at prototyping. And so I sort of like, I feel like when I go into Sketch, everything seems simpler and more intuitive than it does in Adobe. And I just kind of love that. And they're always like updating it. They just sort of are like the modern version of like a cloud-based
0: software. Um, I, that's so cool. I've not heard of Sketch. Like when oh, I asked really? this question, like I'm surprised that there are so many tools out there that I have, uh-huh. haven't heard of. Is it, is it mostly like a UX, UI kind of related? Yeah, I mean, product? people
1: do it. People use it as a replacement for Illustrator, mostly, I would say. Gotcha. Like it's, uh, you know, and you can do so much there's a lot of great resources you can download Mm. and yeah it's like you know you make your artboards you draw on them
0: (laughs) that's a good one so like vector based
1: vector based Uh uh-huh
0: what's a myth about design that you would like to debunk on on the air here
1: Mm. that design is just aesthetic like i Mm. think and i think that people are especially with, like, probably more, like, UX design, UI design, and more just the, um, I guess, frequency that we're engaging with our devices. Like, our lives are totally different than they were 10 years ago. So, I think people are becoming aware that, like, oh, wow, I can experience something that is good design versus experience something that's bad design and have a an emotional, personal um, anecdote to attach to that. So, I think that it's becoming more prevalent. But, yeah, I think that design is just has to do with, like, the look of something and not how it actually works. Because good design is as much, like, the decisions that are made about the materials to use, every Mm -hmm. element of something in, you know, why something is placed where it is and how usable something is. And so, yeah, I guess that's more for people outside. And that, like, from my own experience, that creatives are just, like— unmanageable people who huh. like, you know, who just go off and brainstorm and then come back and expect to like give something. And I think that sometimes in like advertising agencies, that's sort of this idea that like people have kept going on yeah. is like, oh, I need my brainstorm concept time. And then I come back and I produce this brilliant result and like yep. a Don Draper-esque style. And yep. I think it's like, I'm very like Analytical. and very type A. I'm very uh-huh. process oriented. Even in design, I always follow a process. And so I think, like saying that, like that's so creative. I think it's a mix of both. I think you have to think a little bit differently, but I think you also have to be able to execute upon it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of that left brain, right mm-hmm. brain thing that we, we that you started with when yeah. in school, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with that. Um, how do you describe bad bad design in general?
1: Um, if I'm going to give it an analogy, I'll be like, imagine using a government website. <laughs> like That's a real quick thing or something like that, or like imagine using the machine to check out at the post office. And all of a sudden people are like, oh my gosh, yeah, like why does so many errors happen or why can't I find what I'm looking for? And that's because I do UX design. So something yeah. that feels, if you feel frustrated using something and you can't figure out what you want to do and you've put time into it. That's bad design. So design that causes you frustration.
0: I yeah, <laughs> I love that statement, that Don Norman from, like, the design of everyday things, mm-hmm. where, where if you get in an elevator and you can't figure out what button to push, that's not your fault. That's the yeah. elevator designer's fault. Absolutely. Right? And,
1: and I mean, it's, like, I feel bad a lot of times, like, especially for older generations. Even I look at, like, my mom, right? And a lot of times she'll be really confused by things and, like— people are like, oh, they're not tech savvy. Or like, oh, well, they didn't grow up with computers. And it's like, oh, well, then it's our role and our responsibility to make the things user-friendly because they are humans and we yeah. are making human-friendly, human-centered design. And so it's, that goes back to like, why did you use this ambiguous icon? Instead of using a button and a word, maybe it took up a little more space, right. but no one had to hunt and no one, everyone knew what they were getting into.
0: <laughs> I like it. Um, this is a good question. What will designers be doing in the future? What do you think? Yeah, we'll be the role. This
1: one off, but I'm gonna.
0: Um, oh, and you can pass through. I forgot um, to tell you that at the end of yeah. the interview, you have a pass.
1: I mean, I think there will always be. Whether it's, I think AI is something that's going to be changing a lot, and I think there's going to be a role of designers in the same way that like AI really fascinates me. When you were asking like things that bend my mind, I think thinking about AI and sort of just like what we are as humans is kind of fascinating. But. um, yeah. I think that in the way that computers used to not have like a GUI, right? Like a guided user interface, it used to just be sort of like code. And it right. was basically like for DOS, engineers and yeah. engineers. And like that was, and then all of a sudden designers came in and they were like, oh, let's apply this to make it usable by humans. I think there's gonna need to be an element of AI that's like, how does this think through complex problems in a way that is human friendly?
0: <clears throat> okay, so last question. Question 20 already. Uh, Salt Lake related question: What design in Salt Lake do you love?
1: I'm gonna be like really weird, but I kind of sometimes brings me joy. I think it's pronounced McClellan Trail. I don't know if you know that, but I am like a I do these runs in the morning, yeah. and I used to live by Ninth and Ninth. Now I live further south in the burbs, but and by burbs I mean like Murray Holiday. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, First two burbs. Yes, but the. When I lived around here, I would call it, like, modern house hunting, and so I just would run around neighborhoods looking for modern houses, and for some reason, it brings me joy to, like, meander each tiny street and be like, modern house, modern house, amongst these, like, older bung- bungalows yeah. from, like, the 40s and 50s. That's perfect, because they are, like,
0: sprinkled. Yeah, kind of and about, so it's,
1: yeah. like, a fun hunting exercise, but then uh, I stumbled upon the McClellan Trail, which is, like, you can pick it up by... I think like 11th and 13th, um, just south of there. It's like if you go up the hill and it's like a little biking walk trail and there's pieces of like sculptures along the way. And there's Uh, modern houses and some other cute houses. But it's like this little tiny designated walking trail. And I just love that like the investment went in to make this like hidden trail. I love hidden trails, too. That's something that I try to find, and then I love it eventually like can loop back around with tracks. And I was driving to work the other day and thinking like, you know, a lot of times track stations are like, I guess more public transit stations are undesirable. Like I used to live in bigger cities and I would be, you know, it was just like an undesirable place to be like bar in San Francisco. I was like, oh, can I just get out of here? And like, I was thinking about the like confluence at 21st and 7th. And Uh it's like, this nice like there's trees and there's cool racks to put your bike and there's nice benches and then there's like modern looking track stations and I was looking at and I was like we live in a pretty beautiful city and that yeah. uh, we put the thought and the investment in to make a like delightful track station. And it goes back to like, same thing as investing in putting a little walking trail in, even though it's maybe only half a mile, they mm-hmm. decided to do that instead of like just leaving it undeveloped. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love that. um The landscape architecture along mm-hmm. that new trolley line and Sugar House is beautiful. Um mm-hmm. Mc- Mc- McCle- McClellan's hard to say. Uh-huh. I only know like a little piece of it. So I didn't, I didn't realize like it yeah. kind of extends. It keeps going. Yeah.
1: Like it goes, well, I mean, it's only maybe like at least the parts I've ran on are like a half mile but yeah. even then it's like it probably goes through like five or six streets
0: yeah, yeah that's cool okay that's a really good recommend thank you yeah. so much <laughs> All right. Well, that's 20 questions. We did it.
1: Awesome. Thank you. This was fun. Yeah. Thanks
0: so much for participating. And um, everybody go to the website and check out some links that uh, Kelsey will provide. And we'll, we'll.
1: And if we want, like, you know, we can do something with Dry, too. If mm-hmm. people are interested, we can set something up with them. But Dry yeah. Home is our company now, and yeah. we have to plug them. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing a good CEO duty if exactly. I didn't say check out our baby, Dry yeah. Home.
0: Do your <laughs> job. That's That's perfect. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much. Cool. <laughs>